<laughs> Thank you, Amanda, for the introduction. My name is Jim Townsend, and I am the associate pastor for senior adults here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church. If I have not yet had the chance to meet you, please come and introduce yourself to me. I would love to meet you. This is an honor and a privilege to be here and speak with you today while our senior pastor and his family are taking a much-deserved break. Before I begin this morning, uh, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is our teacher and our guide. We pray that by your Spirit you would open our ears this morning and open our hearts. Help us to be not only hearers of the Word, but doers also. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. This past week, I had the privilege of speaking to our Healing Hearts group. You may or may not be familiar with that group. It started some 20 years ago here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church in response to a need for a support group and a fellowship group for those who had lost a spouse by death. I shared with them much of what I'm going to share with you this morning, and I've entitled what I have to say, The Value of Remembering. When someone passes away, it's a reality that we always remember them. In fact, I would argue that it is impossible not to remember them. But what is the value of remembering? Is it worth the time and the effort to remember? Perhaps there's some answers to be found in our text this morning in a little-known story in the book of Acts, specifically Acts chapter 9, verses 32 through 43. If you have your Bible with you this morning, or there's a pew Bible in front of you there in the pew, I'd invite you to turn there and follow along, or you can just simply listen as I read. It's a very warm story. It says that in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was nearby to Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing their robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. And this became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. 
Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. This is the word of the Lord. The setting for this passage is Joppa. Joppa is a coastal port town on the Mediterranean just south of modern-day Tel Aviv, Israel. The modern name is Jaffa. But if you know some Bible stories, Joppa is mentioned more than once. You remember maybe that Joppa was the port town where they brought the cedars of Lebanon that were eventually taken to Jerusalem by Solomon to build the first temple. Joppa is the port city from which Jonah found a ship going to Tarshish, thinking he could flee from the presence of God, but instead was swallowed up by a whale. Joppa, Jaffa, remains a thriving town to this day. And it says that in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. We need to pay special attention to the word disciple here in this verse. As Christians, we've become familiar with the word disciple. It means literally a learner, namely those who learn from Jesus and are seeking to follow the ways of Jesus. It means one who is seeking to grow in ways of faith and life and trust and serving God. This is what Jesus calls us to be about. Jesus calls and nurtures disciples. But this word disciple right here in this text is unique. It's the only feminine form of the word used in the whole Bible. It's feminine because it goes along with the word that follows it, Tabitha the name of this woman in Joppa. She's the only woman in the Bible that gets labeled a disciple. And then this word disciple, and Tabitha, also called Dorcas, gets another qualifier, another elaboration, as if the word disciple gets more clearly defined for us. It says she was always doing good and helping the poor. So there she is, Tabitha, also called Dorcas, a disciple, a woman, and one devoted to good works and acts of charity. The passage continues, and it says that Tabitha or Dorcas has died. She's lying in an upstairs room. They hear that Peter is nearby in the town of Lydda, and they send word, please come to us without delay. So Peter makes his way to Joppa, about a ten-mile walk, and into the room upstairs. And what does he find there? All the widows gathered around weeping. If you were to write a story and try to depict the depth of sadness, 
It's here. Widows all through the Bible are the poorest of the poor. When a woman lost her husband in ancient times, she lost her status. When women lost their status in society, they became the most vulnerable, the most forgotten, and the most desolate. And this is why all through Scripture, God is especially attentive to widows. And this is why widows are always on the list of those people whom God's people are to be the most attentive. God expects us God exhorts us to welcome widows and care for them. Widows, and might I add widowers, need compassion and love. Women and widows today, around the world and in our country, just as in biblical times, continue to struggle from hunger, from disease, from economic hardship. And when we add the word weeping to widows, it depicts a very troubling and desolate scene. Why are they weeping? Because Dorcas, the disciple of Jesus, who is devoted to good works and acts of charity for the widows, the poorest of the poor in Joppa, has died. They are weeping and holding the tunics and other clothing that Dorcas has made for them. They are inconsolable. Dorcas This amazing woman who headed up a welfare and compassion ministry in Joppa, sharing her love, assisting with care, supporting the widows, giving them life and hope, has died. And she did this not because she ran some sort of business, or because she was on the payroll of some caring ministry, nonprofit organization. She did this because she was a disciple. And now she has died, and everyone in Joppa is falling apart, especially those widows who are the most needy. Dorcas has died, and the widows are weeping. And the story says that Peter, Jesus' chief disciple, asked the people to leave the room. And he knelt and prayed by the bedside. And he said, Tabitha, get up. The Bible uses simple words here to describe the drama of the moment. Get up. She opened her eyes. She saw Peter. She sat up. And this became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Remembering. What's the value of remembering? I'd like to suggest four things this morning, all related to the story of Dorcas. One of the values of remembering a loved one 
is that it helps us to think about what they meant to us. In our story, they sent for Peter. Were they perhaps hoping that Peter would come and raise Dorcas from the dead? Peter arrives and they take him to the room upstairs where they've placed the body that's been prepared for burial. And what does it say that they are doing? Weeping and showing Peter the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made. What were these widows really doing? They were remembering and declaring what Tabitha meant to them. I like that picture. And when we remember a loved one who has passed away, we also think about and declare what they meant to us. Such an experience is a warm experience, and such memories are good and valuable and can bring us encouragement. But such memories can do more than just encourage. They can also serve to challenge us when we remember the impact that they had on our life. There can be no doubt in this story that the widows remembered the impact that Dorcas had had on their life. Dorcas had made with her own hands the very clothes that they had on their backs. In Hebrews chapter 13, Paul speaks about the impact that others can have on us when he says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their very way of life and imitate their faith. This is a great verse because it calls us to remember someone else's impact on our life and then encourage us to continue to imitate them. I suspect that this kind of thinking happens at funerals quite often. Then and afterwards, we remember how our loved one influenced us. And as we remember their influence, we're also encouraged to imitate them. I hope you have someone like that in your life. Or maybe you had someone like that in your life. Someone whose faith is worth imitating. For me, it was my very own father. And to this day, I continue to try to imitate his faith. The third value of remembering is that remembering helps us with the process of grief because it gives us permission to face loss. Remembering helps us with the process of grief because it gives us permission to face loss. The widows in our story felt loss. It says they were crying. They were crying because they had lost a friend. 
You may remember another story in the Gospels about a time when Jesus cried when his friend Lazarus died. These stories give me permission to cry when my friends die. Remembering, remembering may bring tears, but tears are really a gift from God to help us process our loss and grief. Fourth and final, there's value to be found in remembering and that it helps us know that we are not alone. Did you notice in the story that it says, all the widows, that it's in the plural? We don't know how many widows there were. It doesn't say in the text, but there are certainly enough to fill a room. And the point is that they were not alone. Theirs was a shared loss and a shared grief. And when we are able to share our losses and share our grief, we may be reminded that we are not alone, that there are others experiencing the same kind of pain, the same kind of grief, the same kind of loss, and we will share an understanding that we, will, we are not alone. Interestingly, nothing else is recorded in the New Testament about Dorcas after her healing. But what do you think? What do you think happened with Dorcas? I think her service only increased. I think that all those who were weeping so loudly when she died, were now fueled with hope and life, trusting God more, trusting more in God's presence and God's promises, in God's ability to bring life and hope. For if God could raise Dorcas from the dead, certainly He could raise these weeping widows from poverty and squalor to redemption and possibility and life. For you see, this story in Acts about Dorcas wants to confirm what the Gospels confirm. God is on the scene. God is always on the scene. And when God is on the scene, weeping and loss may last for a day, but they're not the last word. God has the last word. God has other plans, and light and life will emerge because God is present. God is our help and strength, a present help in times of weeping and trouble. That's the message throughout all of Scripture. Page after page, we are reminded that despite the harsh realities of life, Despite the crazy circumstances that are in our world today, despite the unknown anxieties that plague our daily lives, God is present. God is at work. There are no God-forsaken places. God brings life. 
We are God's people. Nothing can separate us from God. That is the promise. Amen and amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we would ask this morning that the truth of Your Word would sink down deep inside of us, take root, grow, and bring forth much fruit for Your honor and glory and praise. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.